Hello all, welcome back to Say What Now. This is Keela Crane. Um, hope you all had an enjoyable summer break. We're back, the kids are getting ready to go back to school and so it's time for us to resume our podcast. So thank you so much for uh, joining me today. We have so much to talk about, about what happened over the summer. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started. Um, this will be called <laughs> hashtag what did I do all for my summer vacation and um, the 2016 election is about to wrap up thankfully uh, we've been talking about it all year and it's down to the final leg and so what some of us did over our summer vacation was watch the RNC and the DNC conventions and we'll start at the RNC where we saw Donald Trump being um, coronated almost to become the Republican uh, nominee for president of the United States, much to the chagrin of many of uh, the Republicans in the room in Cleveland. Um, what seems like ages ago was actually just about a month and a half ago. Um, actually, like, yeah, about a month and a half ago in Cleveland, where you had a week-long uh, celebration of Donald Trump paraded around by his uh, kids. If you remember, we started off with the um, not-so-written-on-her-own speech by Melania Trump that she um, borrowed slash plagiarized from First Lady Michelle Obama um, and ended with uh, Trump's questionable, kind of weird um speech when he um, acknowledged and accepted uh, the nomination for his party. And I'm putting his party in air quotes because I'm not quite sure if this is the Republican Party of uh, maybe Ronald Reagan or George Herbert Walker Bush or George W. Bush, who, by the way, were all missing uh, from the RNC. Um, none of the previous nominees or presidents that are currently living or their spouses uh, were present in Cleveland. Interestingly enough, it was um, Trump, his family and pretty much his supporters. And of course, you know, the funny um, commentary by Ted Cruz, who did not endorse him and gave pretty much the most classic speech that you will ever hear of a non-endorsement at a political party convention. It was just uncanny um, how he paraded around there and gave a 20-minute speech basically saying to vote your conscience which and not necessarily endorse Trump. Um, you had people mail in their <laughs> videos um, welcoming folks to Cleveland like Marco Rubio. And um, people who decided to stay home, like the sitting governor of the state of Ohio, who also happened to run for president this year, John Kasich, decided he was just going to chill out in Columbus um, and not go to Cleveland at all. So that was the crazy foolishness that happened six weeks ago, which really feels like a lifetime ago. And then the following week, we had the DNC, which was a completely different type of um, convention. It started off basically like the RNC, a lot of crazy foolishness. Um, Bernie Sanders supporters were heckling um, Hillary Clinton supporters, trying to um, state their case about why their person should be um, nominated as the Democratic um, Party's uh, nominee for president, um, all the way up basically until um, Bernie Sanders 
decided to to um, put forth a motion to suspend the rules and cast a unanimous vote for Hillary Clinton to be the nominees or to be the party's nominee for president on Tuesday. For that, about 36 hours, you heard a lot of heckling, even when she actually accepted the uh, party's nomination for president on that historic Thursday. You still heard some heckling and she kind of shouted through it, but um, you got through it and, um, you know, we, we made it out and now it's off to the races. So it's down to the two major party candidates, but of course there's, uh, because this this year is not like pretty much any other. You have third party candidates from both sides. You have a libertarian candidate, um, Greg Johnson, Jack Johnson, somebody Johnson. Anyway, he's running as a libertarian candidate. And on the left, uh, you have a Green Party candidate who is Dr. Jill Stein. And we'll get to her in a minute. And then you have an independent. Now, I don't know how this works for real, but this young man came out of pretty much nowhere. This 40-year-old former CIA officer, former uh, strategist for the House of Representatives decided that he wanted to cast his name in the race and run as an independent party. I guess he's trying to be the center-right independent person, um... And decided to put his hat in the ring. But the problem with this is, is that it's almost too late for him to get on the ballot in many of the states. So he's like having to go by petition and get his name on the ballot or find some kind of not necessarily back way because there's rules that allow for all of this. But some unconventional way, I guess. To get on the ballot. So he's doing that. Meanwhile, we have, um, you know, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton trying to be off on the races. Now, these past six weeks, as we are, we were winding down our summer vacation, have been excruciating. You have Donald Trump pretty much saying whatever he wants, however he wants, to whomever he wants, except black people or other people of color or a group of women or yeah pretty much all the groups that he has uh marginalized or disrespected for his entire run um you have him talking about all his crazy plans not necessarily plans more so rhetoric um because we're still kind of waiting for meat on the bones for the plans that he wants to put forth anyway um you know, it was a scandal after a scandal after a scandal coming out of the DNC. If you remember, you had um, the Khan family who went to the DNC and told him that he didn't uh, they didn't think that he had even read the U.S. Constitution because of how crazy he's how crazy Donald Trump sounds. And for about 10 days, Donald Trump went on and on and on about this family and if you remember this family had lost their son who happened to be um, a Muslim a U.S. soldier um, they lost him in I believe Afghanistan and Donald Trump because he was you know upset and said that they attacked him uh, decided that he was just going to rail on them for 10 days and rail on him they did and so the cons went on TV and Donald Trump talking about, oh, I don't think that the woman could speak because maybe her religion didn't allow her to speak. And 
which is foolishness, um, despite the fact that it doesn't make any sense. There's also the part where there have actually been Muslim women who are leaders of their countries. I mean, we are one of the few Western industrialized first world countries who has not yet ever uh, elected a president, a female president. Um, one person comes to mind, Benazir Bhutto uh, from Pakistan was uh, head of state for her country twice until she was assassinated a few years ago. So him saying it's just ignorance. I'm not even going to go way deep into that because it's just foolishness. So uh, you have him doing all this crazy foolishness about this. And then there was something else that was um, going on. And then, of course, the last couple of weeks, he's been talking about he is reaching, doing outreach to black people now. It has been litigated in the press and on Twitter, on Facebook. So we don't have to go knee deep a mountain high into it, folks. But of course, if I'm talking to you, my great listeners, I'm talking directly to you. I'm doing this podcast. You talk to me. I talk to you as I sit here in my hometown. If you hear the uh, the crickets outside, you can tell that I'm not in the D.C. area. You really don't be you're not able to hear a lot of crickets back in D.C. Um, we're on the road getting ready for the election. But um, you I'm talking directly to you. But what? Donald Trump has decided is that he could talk to someone by not talking directly to them. He could talk through someone else. And just because the medium um, in which he's talking crisscrosses the country, he is thereby talking to you because it will eventually reach you, but not necessarily talking directly to you. Now, because it took me too long to explain this, you already know it doesn't make any sense. It does not make any sense because if I want to speak to you, I speak directly to you, not through a third party or some other kind of way. So for two weeks, we have been going back and forth and you've had black commentators um, asked to come on these mainstream shows. And is Donald Trump actually reaching out to black voters? Now, every black person, for the most part, will tell you, no, he's not because he has refused to talk to us. He's talking to all white um, audiences allegedly trying to reach out to black voters. Now, he went to, um, after the one of the last police officer involved shootings in um, Milwaukee, Trump decided to fly up there and speak to a group of people and allegedly trying to do some outreach of black voters. The only problem is, is that he didn't really go to Milwaukee. He went to like outside of Milwaukee. So about... 40 minutes outside of Milwaukee. Then he decided, oh, well, I'm going to go to Detroit. But he really didn't go to Detroit. He went to some place called like Martindale or Martinville or something. And as y'all know, I'm a Michigander, born and raised in Michigan, born and raised in Ann Arbor. So I don't know where this city is. They're saying that it's allegedly an hour away from Detroit. I'm not quite sure which way. I know what is an hour north of Detroit. I know what's an hour west of Detroit. That's where I am. I know for the most part what's an hour north west of Detroit. That's Lansing. So maybe it's like southwest or southeast somewhere. I don't know. You can't go an hour due east of Detroit because you'll be in Canada. So I don't know where this man was. 
but wherever he was he went where no black people were because the place was like one percent two percent black i don't know anyway the fact still remains is that this man was not talking to black people and why they decided that they could ask or should ask black people if he was actually talking to black people knowing good and full well that he was not talking to black people is a mystery to me but they did and let me just put a side note on here is that black people can talk about more things than just race and race issues there are black economists there are black lawyers there are black engineers there are black foreign policy reps there are black strategists there are black you name it there are black people who do it so to only have black people on to talk about racial issues is really disrespectful but until i can convince morning joe and cnn and those other folks that we actually can do more than just talk about racial issues. That's my thing because I'm a civil rights person. But um, I have other skills that I can talk about besides just race. So And so do a lot of other black people. So for them just to kind of pigeonhole us and to talk about racial issues really kind of works on my nerves. You have some outlets that will bring folks on but it's very it's like the same two three black people each and every time um but there's no black people that i see talking about foreign policy stuff and just foreign policy not foreign policy that happens to affect people of color or black people in the united states but just foreign policy like what is the issue about brexit and how is it affecting Europe and what is the German chancellor going to do? You don't see no black people talking on TV about that. You don't see black people talking about the markets and how it's going up and down and how this is going to affect the economy here and what is a what is the federal bank in the United States going to do to help stabilize um Europe and what the Brexit happened and what's going to happen with the euro and what is happening in Brazil and why is their economy a mess and what can we do to help you don't hear no black people talking about that which really gets on my nerves but that's another show for another day so we're still talking about what we did on our summer vacation and now so um the like I said the last six weeks have been a hot mess.com.org.edu and I really just want this election to be over. The problem with speeding up time is that in my real life, I have to fly around and try to educate my people on how to make sure that they can exercise their right to vote and protecting themselves and from uh, any voter suppression tactics or laws that might be creeping into the politic like leaflets that are being distributed out into the community saying that if you're a democrat you can vote on thursday and if you're a republican you can vote on tuesday which has happened in some states particularly in the south so to speed up the time means that i have to do a whole bunch of flying around the country in a little bit of time so i can wait but i really cannot wait until november 9th when all of this foolishness is over speaking of the latest foolishness um, so Donald Trump decided that he wanted to fly to Mexico. And so I think he kind of like punked the current president of Mexico. I don't know how he was extended an invitation to Mexico. I'm gonna have to do my Googles. If y'all can do some Googles and, and tweet me, um, 
at Say What K Crane or hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash Say What K Crane and help me understand how he even was extended an invitation to the country of Mexico. Because if there is no other country on the planet that he should not have been extended an invitation to, it is Mexico. As much as he has railed against the citizens and the country of Mexico, talking about all the immigrants that come here undocumented, talking about how they send rapists and murderers, chronicling all the people who have come here um, um, outside of the legal confines, who have then subsequently committed crimes, um, he has denigrated um, this country and its citizens for the last 15, 16 months or so. So why anybody in that government would extend him an invitation to step foot in Tijuana, Guadalajara, uh, Cancun, Riviera Maya, anywhere anywhere in the country of Mexico is beyond me. So the fact that he was able to stand up today, um, what's today? Wednesday, the last day of August. And sitting up there with the sitting president of Mexico and do a press conference, I'm amazed. I don't know if it's gonna benefit him because the majority of the people on both the right and the left who are either Mexican-Americans or um, Latinos really don't see it for him. Like, there's some uh, diversity coalition for Trump organization that has surrogates to help him kind of get in more muddy water than he already is getting. But for the most part, folks don't see it for him. There's a CNN contributor who is a Republican strategist um, who also is uh, Latina And she is on there every day talking about she don't see it for Donald Trump. So I don't know. I don't know how he did this, but he did. He flew his Trump plane down there and talked to or spoke with the um, sitting president of Mexico. And the Mexican president was talking about how he wasn't going to pay for a wall, how... um, uh, how Donald Trump was railing against his people and how his people are not what he was saying that uh, what Donald Trump was saying that they were but again I don't know I don't know how that even came about so I just know that it was a mess and uh yeah they're gonna have to do better than that so it, we'll see um there was a time there that Hillary Clinton I think took a break <laughs> kind of switching gears over to her I think mama took a break for like a week and a half because I didn't see her doing anything. I think right after the time um, that all of this uh, commotion was going on with the Khan family and Trump going back and forth, she was like, well, you know, let me just go grab up some coins for the rest of this uh, race here. And I'm just going to let you clown around for like a couple of weeks until you slow down and I reemerge with all my extra monies and um, go on from there because she went nowhere. Like she didn't, she didn't do a speech. She didn't come on nobody's morning show. 
she was like in hiding getting her rest on i guess or saving up her voice or something i don't know but mama's back out now so the secretary clinton is out here um stumping and making sure that folks know that donald trump is um bigoted and racist or at least at minimum saying racist things and um basically using his words against him um to talk about how you know people of color should not um see it for him and should not be voting for him the problem that she's going to have is that um something that he interestingly enough replayed a couple of days ago which is um her issues in 2008 when she was running from running against then senator obama um and was talking a whole lot of foolery and which really kind of tipped the tide for senator obama after around january mid-january early february 2008 when they were a little bit on the edge she and former president clinton as far as how they were speaking about president um then senator obama and a lot of black people kind of turned their heads towards Senator Obama and it was done after that. So um, she has some skeletons in her closet about not being too careful with her words. But I think it's a lot. I mean, anybody could just about be a lot less um, than Donald Trump when he has railed against black people. He's d decided that he didn't know who David Duke was. Um, he's talking at black people instead of with black people or to black people um talking about the blacks and then of course all the foolishness with around the birtherism that he did um against president obama for pretty much the duration of his presidency so um right now he has a tough road to hoe i think he's about at one percent or two percent of black uh support he's not that much better with latino um and asian support um, so right now he only has a white people support, which really won't get him much of anywhere because, um, there's also white people that's obviously Democrats or going over to the other third and fourth party, fifth party candidates. So he has some work to do. Um, but the, the race is, it's, it is what it is really. I mean, you keep hearing people that they're just so tired of this race and so wanting it to be over, which I can't blame the folks because it really is completely trash. Like I haven't, I pretty much have been following races like this since, you know, since 08 really, really closely, but I definitely followed the 2000, 2004 races. And this is just uncanny. I think if there was just about any other person that was running against Hillary Clinton, she would be in a world of trouble, which interestingly enough is why I think um, Bill Clinton kind of pushed Donald Trump to run for president, if I could be honest, because there was a report that Bill Clinton spoke to Donald Trump or Donald Trump reached out to Bill Clinton and asked him about running for president. Um, and I don't know what said. I don't know if anybody knows what said in that conversation, but I'm sure that he, Bill Clinton is not dumb now. And he knew that Donald Trump was ill prepared to become anybody's president of the United States. So, um, 
you know, I, I just, I don't know. And so right now, as we're kind of taping, um, Donald Trump is trying to give a speech about um, what he calls illegal immigration and what he's going to do to fix it now. <laughs> I've been watching it while I've been, you know, you know, speaking with you guys, and I just don't, it's too late. It is September 1st, basically. Um, I don't know when you guys will listen to this, but I'm taping this August 31st, September 1st. So it is two months from today, two months and eight days away from election day. You cannot come up two months and eight days before election day talking about this now is my plan. For the past couple of days, he is not he nor his surrogates have been able to really articulate what his immigration stance and plan outside of build a wall and making Mexico pay for it is going to be. So you coming out with this now is really late. I mean, it is extremely late. So I don't know. Um, maybe he's thinking that because people are not really paying attention because. Um, they were watching the Olympics or now they're watching the U.S. Open. So they won't be paying attention really until Labor Day. So he could like mess around until Labor Day and then kind of come out with a solidified plan and then go to uh, these debates and uh, solidify the plan further. I don't know. But whatever he was thinking, I think he was wrong because you should really just be fine tuning a plan maybe or getting out to the people letting them know about your plan like you should have had a plan already in place and that maybe just people didn't know about for real not you still constructing a plan and then laying it out now that doesn't make any sense to me but I I haven't run anybody's presidential campaign I'm just saying from what I see how I'm looking at it it doesn't make any sense to me um, particularly because it's not the hardened fans or supporters that he needs to try to convince. It's the Democrats that he needs to siphon off from Hillary Clinton. Or it is the um, independents that he needs to convince should vote for him. Um, I don't think he's doing a good job of that. But y'all tell me what you think. Hit me up at at, at uh, Twitter at Say What K Crane. Or hit, me, hit us up at Facebook at... Facebook.com slash say what K crane. Um, and we will switch over to one of my favorite things of the year football. Now it is almost football season. The last of the preseason games will be played tomorrow. So uh, 30 out of the 32 teams will play their last preseason game tomorrow. My team, as I told y'all, day one is the Tennessee Titans. That is my team. We are um, rebuilding, which is what everybody says when the team is struggling. But my team is rebuilding. We have a really good quarterback. We put some pieces in place, and I think that we should have a really good season this year. Um, but the last couple of days, when we're talking about football, it has not really been talking about football. It's been talking about Colin Kaepernick and his refusal to stand for uh, the national anthem during the preseason games. Now, Colin, the San Francisco 49ers, where Colin is a, uh, right now he's a backup quarterback for the 49ers. 
And he, um, to, according to him, he has sat down for all of the preseason games for the national anthem. So happens that on the second game, I believe, second or third game, preseason game, it was nationally televised against the Green Bay Packers. And people just now saw um, him not standing for the um, for the national anthem. Now, just a little bit, just in case you all are not as fans of, you know, football, Norte Americano, as um, our Spanish friends call it, because everywhere else around the globe, football means soccer to us. Um, Colin Kaepernick was the backup quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers for the for the beginning of his career with the team. Um, his initial quarterback, I think, either got hurt or got traded. I think he got hurt. Um, and Colin played the last few games of that season and actually led um, his team to the Super Bowl. And he was really just a throw away from um, winning the Super Bowl that year. And so from then on, Colin uh, became the starter of the of the court of the San Francisco 49ers um, until I think one or two seasons after that and when he kind of struggled and was trying to improve his arm strength and his accuracy and they decided to bench him and bring something someone else on to be the starter for um the team and last season he got injured and so he sat out for the good portion of the season and so now he's in a fight with another uh, quarterback to actually become re, uh, reclaim the starter position on his team. So that is why it's so important about who he is and the stance that he made. He's not one of the run-of-the-mill, uh, random person on this 52-man roster. He is actually a very central part of this team, has a lot of endorsements. He is one of the faces of the San Francisco 49ers team for the past few years. He's been on covers of ESPN and and, um, and uh, Sports Illustrated and all of this. He, um, you know, helped create this sort of kind of rivalry between his team and um, the Seattle Seahawks because he and Russell Wilson, I think, were in the same uh, class or maybe one class in between each other. So it's all of this hype around Colin Kaepernick. So Colin, what Colin did... Um, was not just some random person doing something. Um, his stance, he stated that he decided that he was going to uh, sit down because he did not believe that he could stand for a um, and honor the flag and or stand for the, the anthem for a country that continues to abuse people of color and black people in particular. Um, something that he focused on is um, the police brutality that happen, is happening and has happened in our nation. Um, and the fact that a lot of the police officers are not being held accountable for those actions. He also really kind of went into a historical landscape and talking about how um, the veterans of of wars, um, particularly black veterans, are not were not treated fairly uh, when they returned home, particularly after Vietnam and some of the other um, Vietnam really throughout history um, that black people who participated in wars were not treated fairly uh, when they came home. Either they remained in segregation or they were not extended uh, benefits under the GI Bill like their white counterparts were. 
um, etc. And so he's railing against the system of systemic uh, racism that is um, woven through our our nation, and he wanted to take a stance on it. Now, um, people are knee deep and mountain high in their feelings um, regarding this. Way deep, way mountain high in their feelings about this. Um, you saw people burning his jersey. You saw people getting on Facebook. You also saw people coming on our page on Facebook talking about, here's the number to the 49ers you can call and talk about, um, you know, call and tell them how much you are offended by Colin Kaepernick, which they must not have really listened to our show because I don't have no problem with what Colin's doing. Colin is continuing a tradition of athletes using their voice and which we have really been trying to encourage those folks who have this mega platform to use it for something other than just lying in their pockets. Now, I'm not mad at people trying to grab some coins for them and their family, but if you have this platform, why don't you use it for something that is beyond yourself? And that, quite frankly, um, you too are subject to... Uh, once you step off of whichever field of play um, that you find yourself in, you 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 have heard of professional athletes that are pulled over by police officers and or other law enforcement agents um, agents that um, have dealt with police brutality issues or uh, repeated being pulled over for no apparent reason um, based upon the color of their skin. So you are not exempt from uh, racism and race, uh, racial injustice just because you are a professional athlete. Um, you can ask Gabby, Gabrielle Douglas about that. You can ask Serena Williams about that. You can ask Russell Wilson about that. You can ask even Michael Jordan about that. You can ask a whole plethora of black uh, stars, particularly in this age of social media where people will just rail on these black athletes and 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 particularly right after um the olympics and if you were watching the olympics um you saw how many athletes of color and black american um um athletes and other um american athletes of color who dominated the Olympics uh, from track and field to gymnastics to swimming to even you had sisters that were playing that um, the goalie for the water polo team is black and you had um, the sister um, Simone Manuel who won a gold medal and and she is black and of course you know Simone Biles who won four gold four gold medals one bronze medal I think um, in total in in Rio just dominate but the hatred that some Americans and other people around the globe poured back onto them was just absolutely ridiculous um and so that just shows you that you are not exempt just because you become a high-powered or high-profiled athlete or professional athlete um <laughs> especially Serena Williams, who whenever she wins, just a barrel of hatred just pours upon her from people on special on social media. So um, Colin taking a stand is, is, is fantastic. I applaud him. 
uh, for for doing so. Um, I, I hope that he continues to stay, take a stand and really feels empowered by and supported by people across the country um, that are really that are um, um, are grateful for him, you know, using his his um, ability. There was a report that came out today about how some um, NFL owners are and front office executives are are mad at what Colin has done, which is interesting. Um, and I wrote this on my personal page, but it's very interesting that the, the front office and really speaks to how, <clears throat> excuse me, how um, we need to increase the diversity in the front office in the NFL and in major leagues, period, because how is it that you are criticizing and angry and saying that some people would refuse to um, hire Colin or they would rather resign if an order wanted to um, pick up Colin because of his stance um, against the flag when 70% of your athletes at the minimum are black in the NFL, 70%. So instead of you looking at what he, um, it, his form of protest, how about you actually look at what he is saying and what he is saying is true and what he is saying is not new and what he is saying has been demonstrated in so many ways, like the athletes that um, were members of the then St. Louis Rams who came out um I believe with their hands up um, after the killing of Michael Brown in 2014 and got a lot of um, blowback from people in St. Louis and around the country. What they did in 2014 is the exact same thing that what Colin's doing. They are trying to bring light to an issue that is plaguing black people and other people of color in the United States. It's the same thing that happened in 1968 with um, the two um, um, John Carlos and Tommy that were in um, the 1968 Olympics and, and held up their fists. It's the same thing that um, Muhammad Ali was talking about. It's the same thing that a lot of entertainers have been talking about. Prince and Jesse Williams and Harry Belafonte, Sidney Poitier, um, uh, Nina Simone, um, so many entertainers have been talking about the exact same thing. Now, for the NFL front office to say that they wouldn't hire him is very interesting because the NFL itself, um, so somebody in Roger's office um, said that, well, he has the right not to stand. We encourage people to stand, but you don't have to stand, um, which is obvious. Like, it's your right whether or not you want to stand. Um, and salute the flag. Now, people really need to quit and just actually look at what he is saying. And if they really want to be mad at something, be mad that he has to even protest in the first place instead of trying to be mad at his method of protest um, if they're actually really concerned about something. Don't be concerned about the veterans because that's they didn't it's not no disrespect to the people who are fighting because that's what they fought for. 
they're fighting for our rights and one of those rights are a freedom to uh, protest the government to seek redress so he's doing exactly what they have been fighting to give him license to do now whether you like it or not is your personal business but what you should not do is try to prevent him from exercising his right um, by withholding a job from him. So I, I wish the best for Colin. I um, um, hope that other NFL players will put their own and in, in what will really kind of push back um, these front office folks is if more high powered players stand up and support Colin in um, in his protest and not necessarily protesting in the exact same way but definitely saying that he has not only the right to protest but that his message his underlying message um is one that is valid and that needs to be discussed um you heard a, a few current and previous players denigrating what he's doing like um i think rodney harrison which i was very disappointed in ben roethlisberger where sweetie you don't need to say anything um there was um some other players that I, I think jerry rice said something that was um condemning him which i was very disappointed as well and of course jerry rice is the 49er uh, for which everyone else is compared one of the greatest ride receivers that the nfl has ever seen um and I was very disappointed, Jerry Rice. Um, very disappointed. But, um, you know, Colin, st keep standing, Colin. Colin is, of course, a member of Cap Alpha Size, so crimson and cream all day. So, Colin, you know, if you stand up for right, I'm right behind you. Um, and, you know, keep pushing. I know there's a lot of people, a lot of military vets, a lot of non-military folks, a lot of civil activists, civil rights activists, a lot of non-activists who just understand the fundamental right that he is trying to um, push um, is supporting Colin. So I really hope that he is feeling finding strength in that and that hopefully he will also encourage his other pro um, pro football players to take a stance as well. Um, so lastly, we'll wrap up this back to school, back to the podcast, um, back to the podcast episode by talking about the VMAs. Now, I don't really watch the VMAs because I don't really know who these kids are. Like, I really don't know who Future is for real. I know that he fathered a child with Sierra and he has a couple of songs that when I kind of hear his voice, I kind of know them, but I really don't. Um, all these other people, I don't really know them. So unless they're doing like a throwback to the 90s situation, like they have that one channel on, I think it's MTV or something that they're doing all these 90s episodes. I'm here for that. But other than that, I don't know who these people are. So the VMAs came on and I didn't really watch it for the reasons that I just articulated. Now, I will tune in to laugh at some of these things because I think that they are funny. But again, I didn't do that. I'm back home in Michigan. I was kind of kicking it with my family. And so I did not do that. But I did get a chance to sneak a peek at Beyonce. And Madam brought Miss Blue Ivy to the red carpet uh, pre-show. And 
Miss Little Blue Ivy is too cute. Miss four and a half year old. I cannot believe that she is growing up so quickly. She'll be uh, five, I believe, in January. And super cute. Her and her mom were just alike. And they were super, super cute. But Miss Beyonce took that stage. And as I told y'all, the first thing, um, I do not stand for Beyonce. <coughs> I give credit where credit is due. But I am not standing for her. I stand for a couple of people. Prince is one. But Mama went up there and slayed. If you have not seen it, MTV quickly uploaded her whole entire, um, basically, mini concert up on um, Facebook within like 30 minutes after her, um, after her performance was over. They wanted to get some of those clicks. <clears throat> She performed like four or five songs off of Lemonade, um, some of the hottest uh, joints um, off of Lemonade. One she did not perform, which I thought was interesting, was Freedom um, featuring Kendrick Lamar, which that absolutely should have been one of her cuts that she performed, um, particularly since she was nominated for an award for it, but she didn't find it necessary. So, you know, fine. But I would have lived to see her perform Freedom for all of those folks over at Radio City, City Music Hall um, in New York. Um, but what she did do was um, Sorry and um, Formation and um, what one of my favorite cuts is don't hurt yourself or don't play yourself which of them and she went full throttle on it she didn't try to mince no words she did not try to censor herself she went completely all the way in which i live for um and i'm sure that anybody that came after her decided that they really didn't want to perform no more because <clears throat> why um i saw that miss britney spears tried to perform ma'am no um sorry but no um she was on car uh carpool karaoke with james corden and mama was lip syncing in the car i'm like how are you lip syncing in the car ma'am no so i didn't see mama because she usually is lip syncing at the vmas um out i don't see why anything would be any different than what she did 15 16 years ago so Mama needs to continue with her career. All power to you, Miss Brittany. Go ahead and get it. Um, I'm not going to buy no album from her. But, you know, teach is out. Um, but the VMAs was cute. Well, Beyonce's part of the VMAs was cute. I don't. I didn't see any, any of the rest. Um, except Key and Peele. And y'all tell me, but they look like they were in blackface. Now, how does black people be in blackface? Well, they looked like they had bronzed their skin, particularly one of them who is very fair, looked very bronzed. And the other one who is, you know, light brown, he was extra bronzed, which I'm like, why? But again, I didn't watch the full show, so I don't know if that was something that I needed to catch or I don't know. But um, uh, yeah, it was a mess. And I was very confused. So if y'all can help me out and explain that to me, I would appreciate it greatly. So this is our welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. I know that we're going to have so much to talk about. As I told y'all before, 
we will be talking about football because unless I just can't even deal with it because of what the NFL may or may not do to Colin Kaepernick, um, we will be talking about football on during the fall. Of course, my Michigan Wolverines. Oh, yes. Sp- we'll probably talk about that all next week. I had a little incident while I was here in Ann Arbor with uh, the Michigan University of Michigan Police Department. So... I'll give an update. I will explain it all next week and I'll give you an update if I hear one. But rest assured that we we need to have some changes made here in Ann Arbor just like every place else. So y'all stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for sticking with me and uh, we will see you next week. Bye.